welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to the Real People, Real Talk podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, it's my prayer. It's my desire that each episode will equip and inspire you to be all that God has called you to be and to encourage you along with your walk with the Lord. Last month, we studied the book of Ruth, a great series, if I must say so myself. And I encourage you to go back and take a listen if you haven't already. As this new month comes in, I wanted to do a new series, a new Bible study. And this time we're going to the New Testament and we want to take a look at the book of Philippians. My goal is to walk you through the text, walk you through this book, verse by verse, taking a deep dive into God's word and see what he wants to say to us through the book of Philippians. So let's get into it. First, a brief overview and introduction to the book of Philippians. This is the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, and it was a city that Paul visited and did ministry at a couple of times. Now, the city of Philippi was a principal city along the Ignatian Way, and traders from various countries would often stop there, and it was located in modern-day Greece. Now, let's talk a little bit about the author. Who is the Apostle Paul? This man had an amazing story. He started out persecuting Christians, but after one encounter with Christ, the trajectory of his entire life changed for the better. He literally started out as a terrorist, but he ended up as an evangelist and established several churches. That tells me that all it takes is one encounter with the king, one encounter with Christ to change your entire life. He wrote 13 books of the New Testament. And fun fact, the book of Philippians was written while he was in prison. Now, to better understand God's word and to better understand the Bible, one must realize that the Bible is a book full of books of different genres. For example, one genre is called history, and that refers to first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles. And then another genre is that of the prophets, such as Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, just to name a few. And in the New Testament, we have the Gospels, which is an account of the life and the story of Jesus. And then, of course, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there's more. But today, we're going to focus on a genre of the book that we're studying. And that genre is that of epistles, or some call it letters. The letters of the New Testament were communications to specific individuals or groups for specific and varied purposes. Within these letters, one can discover some truths about Christ that can help us along in our Christian journey. So that's just a little bit behind the scenes. Now, the purpose of this letter was to thank the Philippians for the gift that they sent Paul and to strengthen these believers by showing them that true joy comes from Jesus Christ alone, which leads me to the theme of this book. Christ-centered living produces joy. Although Paul was writing this from the prison, joy is a dominant theme in this letter. And the secret of his joy was grounded in his relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. People today, they desperately want to be happy, but we're often tossed and turned by daily successes, 
daily failures, and even minor and not so minor inconveniences. As Christians, we are to be joyful in every circumstance, even when things aren't going our way, even when things are going badly, and even when we feel like complaining, we should be joyful and know that Christ still reigns. We still know him and we can rejoice at all times. Now to the text, verses one and two, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Since the book of Philippians is a letter, Paul kicks it off with a greeting. Let's pick up in verse three. I thank my God and all remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, verse six. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to give you some early thoughts in these early verses. We see the word joy in these verses, and we're going to see that word all throughout the book, as mentioned earlier, that joy is the overarching thing. And even though Paul was in prison, he still was experiencing joy. And this speaks to the absolute awesomeness of God and that he has a way of bringing joy to us, even in our low moments. But we must keep our eyes on him and keep walking by faith. Once you look again at verse six and it says, I am sure of this, that he who begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. This tells me that what God starts, he finishes. You may be in the middle of something right now, and it may be a difficult situation, but allow me to encourage you to keep on living because God has the final say and his final say is good. Paul had total faith. Paul had total confidence in God, which is why he was able to experience joy even while in prison. Listen, my friend, when you put your faith, your trust, your hope and your confidence in God and God alone, you can experience this joy as well. A joy that goes beyond just a smile on your face, but a joy that permeates your very soul and your spirit. That even when things may not be going well around you, you know that all is well within you. Let's keep going. Now let's look at verses seven through 11. It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Verse 10. So that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Let's unpack that here. Paul is expressing his gratitude to the church at Philippi as they supported him and they stood in solidarity with Paul while he was in prison. This speaks to the need of every believer and that need is community. We need other people in our lives, the right people though. 
It is vital to be a part of a local church, a local body of believers, so you can find community as iron sharpened irons. Having the right people in your circle, having the right people in your life is essential. We need people that will pray for us. We need people that will pray with us, people that will hold us accountable and people that would encourage us, people that will celebrate when we are celebrating and weep when we are weeping, people to encourage us to keep the faith even when we face difficult times. Community matters. Please don't do life alone. Picking up at verse 12, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Notice Paul's joy and notice his passion and excitement about the things of God even in the midst of a difficult situation. Picking up at verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter would do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Notice Paul's spiritual maturity. Although in prison, he sees how God is using this difficult circumstance to advance the gospel. And if you are going through a tough time right now, I want you to pause and look around and just see how can this, how can this circumstance How can what I'm going through right now advance the gospel? Who is in your life right now that needs to know Jesus? Who is in your life right now that needs you to minister to them, for you to be the the light and the salt and to point them to Jesus? Instead, what if now, instead of just looking at our circumstances, let's take a deeper look and see what God is trying to do through you at this time. Let me give you a quick story, a biblical account rather. In the book of Daniel, we see that Daniel was unfairly and literally thrown into a very difficult and dangerous situation. Dangerous circumstance. A den of lions. But God protected him and brought him out. And listen to what the king at that time had to say after witnessing God at work through the life of Daniel. And this is found in Daniel chapter 6 verses 25 through 27. Then the king Darius wrote to all the nations and the people of every language in all the earth. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heaven and in the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So all in all, God uses Daniel and his difficult situation to bring God, to bring himself glory. I don't know what you may be going through right now, but maybe 
God has a bigger plan. Not just maybe, but God does has a bigger plan. It's going to bring him glory. It's going to bring people to salvation. You just got to trust that God knows best. I want to encourage you today, my brother. And I want to encourage you today, my sister, to serve God well, even in difficult circumstances. Yes, I know it's easier said than done, but know this trouble don't last always and that you got to keep walking by faith. And speaking of the gospel and speaking of salvation, let's have a heart check right now. When was the last time you had a gospel conversation? Because let me remind you. That it's the duty of every single believer to bring others to Jesus. The gospel, this is the life changing, eternity changing good news of Jesus Christ. That includes the story of Jesus' birth, his life, his crucifixion, his death, and resurrection. It's simply too good not to share. So as your brother in Christ, I just want to encourage you to keep sharing Christ with others. Looking again at verse 14. And most of the brothers have become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now, whether you realize it or not, people are watching you and they're watching to see how you're going to respond in your difficult times. And because of Paul's attitude of faith, others were inspired to share Jesus with others and to share the gospel more boldly. Let's take a look at verse 19. Yes. I will rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. I can't go any farther without looking at these words of Paul reminder. Once again, now he is in prison for preaching the gospel, not doing anything morally wrong, but doing what God has called him to do. And yet he still says, I will rejoice. What an attitude of faith. He was just so confident in God. And that's my prayer for you, that you would be so confident in God that you would keep the faith. You will experience joy and you will keep walking in your God given purposes, no matter what comes up against you in your life. More on joy. Let's talk about that. Joy runs deeper and stronger than happiness. Joy is that quiet confidence, that quiet, confident assurance of God's love and work in our lives, that he is with us no matter what. Happiness, as you can tell in in its word and the root word, depends on what's happening. But joy depends on the Lord and the Lord changes not. Come on now. Take another look. At the end of that verse, when Paul says this will turn out for my deliverance, Paul is preaching. Paul is a man of faith. And I want you to adopt this same attitude. I want you to adopt the same attitude and mindset of faith and confidence that what you're going through right now, you know that God is going to show up and deliver you and work it all out. Now, let's take a look at verses 20 through 26. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not. Be at all ashamed, but that with the full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. 
Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and the joy in faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming again. Woo! These verses are just so good and so rich. Paul was all about the business of God, the kingdom of God, all about Jesus. And he took the call of God on his life so seriously. And we should too. Paul's purpose was to glorify Christ no matter what happens in his life. The Lord Jesus Christ was his all-consuming focus. And because Jesus was his focus, Paul experienced joy. Paul experienced a joy-filled life in the midst of difficult circumstances. Looking at verse 21 again, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In my living, it's all about Christ. And in my death, it's my gain because I'll be with Christ. That's, that is what Paul is conveying. Paul is basically saying, I would love to go and be with Christ right now, but I know that my work here is not done. Paul has given us a great example of spiritual maturity and focus on the will of God. And that's my hope for you. And that's my hope for me that we will love God in a much deeper and devoted way. Like the apostle Paul, regardless of what career path that you have taken, you have been created with a God ordained purpose. You was created to bring God glory and to share him with others, just like the apostle Paul. And that's going to do it for today. Next week, I'm going to slow the pace down a bit and dig even deeper and unpack the final four verses. And here are two verses that I want to encourage you to commit to memory. Once again, we're in Philippians chapter one, and these are the two verses. The first one is verse seven. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And next is verse 21. Me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And lastly, I just want to leave you with three takeaways from today's lesson. Number one, community matters. You need good people in your life. The Apostle Paul himself had a support system and you need one to find a local church. Secondly, what God starts, he finishes. And we just have to keep the faith in the middle knowing that God is going to work it all out. And my third and final takeaway, stay committed to Christ regardless of your circumstances. Amen and amen. Now I want you to go be all that God has called you to be. And we'll see you next week.